good morning, good afternoon, whatever time you're listening to this, welcome. You are tuning in to a special episode of Egg with Miss Wedger called Minivan Chronicles, where I am driving in my minivan and chatting with you guys. So, I, um, in Minnesota, we had a new law that started on August 1st. July 1st. I think it was August 1st. Um, That says you cannot, you have to be hands-free when you use your cell phone, um, which I think is a great law. So I got a a nifty little vent clip. So it just clips into my vent and holds my phone. So I am 100% focused on driving and chatting with you guys. So please know that I am safe and following the laws of our state while I'm chatting with you. <laughs> um, I just wanted to pop on today and I talk about um, your program. And this might not apply to everyone, uh, but it might be something to think about as well. So I currently am doing a college in the schools training for a few days here just to go over the curriculum. So if you don't know what College in the Schools is, I don't know how familiar, I'm not really familiar like outside of Minnesota what that looks like, but for us, um, basically I um, applied and was approved to be able to teach a um, University of Minnesota college level course in my classroom. So right now I'm heading to the U of M. I'm learning from the professors who teach this class how to teach their curriculum. Um, And then I will be teaching that college level curriculum in my classroom. Um, And we'll have a couple of field days where we'll go to the U of M um, and we will like do more hands-on kind of lab activities that are not able to offer at our school in the city. Um, so things like shearing a sheep, um, looking at the fish to laid a cow, um, different things like that. So um, I wanted to come on and kind of talk about your program and what your program looks like. Um, we decided to try and offer this class as a part of kind of a change that we are doing at the school that I teach at. So the school that I teach at prior, we had just had our agriculture classes, okay? Um, and kind of the classes that were popular that students wanted to take. Um, just to remind you, I do teach in like St. Paul, Minnesota. So a very, very urban school district. Um, most of my students have not had any experience with agriculture outside of like the food that they eat. Um, so not a real like grasp on where their food comes from, how it's made or processed, um, like fish and wildlife management. They have like a little bit of an idea, but not really. Um, and so, yeah, my most popular classes are floral design and small animal care. So the career and tech ed um, like department within our district wanted to be able to offer different career, different CTE pathways within the district. And so they approached me with um, 
College pathway at Highland. So the idea is that students would be able to take a sequence of classes, um, be able to possibly earn some college credits while they're taking those classes, and then be able to kind of finish out with a capstone or like work-based learning class. Um, so we, the past year, have been working hard and kind of like figuring out what those classes look like, where students might be able to get those like college credits. And so this college and the schools class was um, was one that we thought would be a good fit. Um, so we kind of looked at. And I'm sure most people understand that you can look at like various different ways to kind of create pathways, um, but we wanted it to be specific to agriculture, but still broad within the agriculture realm. So for us, if students take a natural resources class, um, an animal science class, and a plant science class, along with the introduction to agriculture class that I teach and uh, like a higher, like a work placement or work-based learning capstone type class, they have potential to gain a certificate basically that says they have completed these sequences of classes that makes them maybe more ready or more prepared for various careers within agriculture, food, and natural resources. So, uh, it's been a lot of work. We've been working with a grant because it's very expensive to kind of align um, all of this and try and figure out how the classes work with concurrent enrollment um, and then getting the supplies to be able to offer classes that are like college level classes. So the reason that I bring up like how you're kind of structured is, um, and this is my understanding, my understanding could be flawed, but my understanding is that underneath the new Perkins 5 legislation, um, your CTE program, so let's say agriculture, has to be connected to college and career readiness and ultimately has to lead to high paying, high demand jobs. Um, and in order, sorry, <laughs> in order for you to receive funding in various routes. So, um, a couple of things here. One, make sure that you connect up with whoever your Perkins coordinator is, whether it's within your district or sometimes people have like a consortium of like various schools that have been connected. And that's just my experience in Minnesota. I don't know what that looks like in other states. Um, so you'll have to let me know if you're from another state what that looks like so I can get that information out. But figure out who kind of takes care of your Perkins funds and then figure out how you can utilize them. Um, and if it is that you need to maybe think about how your program is aligned with college and career readiness. Like obviously all of our classes are preparing students for college and career readiness. But if you are teaching a plant science class and students can 
receive transcripted credits, credits that would transfer into college, concurrent enrollment, whatever it might be, um, that's a lot easier to say, well, I'm preparing students for college because they're getting college credits taking my class. Um, or I'm preparing students for a career in uh, turf golf golf course management or whatever. I don't know, golf. Uh, I'm, I'm struggling, tripping over my words for that. Um, turf grass management, there we go. Um, and so that might be something good to kind of think about and look at and I'm trying to merge here. Um, so yeah, I it was not fully on my radar. I knew that I wanted to do, I knew that I wanted to offer at some point those college level courses for my students because at our school, we are an IB school, so International Baccalaureate, and so there's not a lot of opportunities for students to get higher level, um, like, college credits, unless they're a part of um, the, the IB program, and I think the IB program is fabulous. Um, they do a very nice job with the diploma. However, I think that it misses some of our students who are in the middle. So I'm excited for our CIS class because I think it might catch some of those students who are um, in the you know, some of those students who want the challenge of taking a college level course um, and who maybe just want to do one or are maybe, um, you know, a little bit nervous, but maybe animal science seems a little bit more approachable. Um, and so I'm excited to offer that to my students who have taken small animal care and introduction to agriculture and vet science. And this is like the next progression um, for them and kind of that next step in that pathway per se, that animal science kind of progression. Um, and I'm excited for students who maybe that's outside of their comfort zone, but they're like, hey, I want to get some free college credits. Um, them to be able to access that as well. So a couple of things, check and see who your Perkins coordinator, who handles your Perkins money within your state, within your district, or your um, consortium, whatever it might be, and figure out how can you utilize that money. And if you don't think it's right, like if you think, oh, I've heard different things, I think we can maybe use that money differently someone else like it, I always think it's okay to double check stuff because there's some things that I have been told I can't use Perkins money for that then later I've been told I can without changes in the legislation so I think Perkins is really confusing um, as all government stuff is <laughs> um, and I think sometimes it can be like just hard to kind of navigate and so if you're not quite sure or you think maybe you got an answer that's incorrect just double check ask someone else and if they tell you the same exact thing well then okay but um I think that's one thing so check and figure out who handles Perkins money and the second thing is just kind of take a look at your program and how does it align with your um like students college and career readiness 
Um, maybe you're not able to offer work-based learning at the school that you're at, but maybe you can pair up with a community college and offer a plant science class that is concurrently enrolled with, I don't know if that's a word, concurrently, that's concurrent enrollment, um, where your students can be enrolled in your class and earn college level credits. So couple of things to think about. I know it was kind of a, it's, it's minivan chronicles. It's not, it's not our normal podcast episode. So <laughs> I'm a little bit jumbled as I'm thinking about it, but I just wanted to get that on people's radars who maybe are, you know, are thinking about it and just need this little push to go ahead and look at it. Uh, there are a lot of grants out there that want to get students college and career ready. So if you have a good plan or a good sequence, you already have some colleges that are willing to support you and are really willing to offer your students concurrent enrollment, um, figure out where there's a grant so that maybe you can get case training to make it easier for your classes to um, align up with that college level course. Um, maybe you use the grant to, to provide that case training for you. Or um, maybe use the grant, like I'm using one of the grants that I have received to get supplies to teach like college in the school's animal science. So like we were going over yesterday all the different things that I could get. Suture needle, you know, like crazy. The list is so long. The Melissa and Doug like stuffed dogs so kids can do different holds. Rope so we can tie different knots. So like make a list as long as possible and get all of those supplies um, that you could possibly use and need within the classroom. Lab coats, different things like that. So I, um, sorry, I had a little frog in my throat. Uh, I appreciate you guys listening. I am over 2,000 listens at this point, um, this beginning of August 2019, and I so appreciate everyone just tuning in. It is so fun to connect with people on Instagram and hear what they have gotten out of the podcast. As always, I'm looking for guests. So if you want to be a part of it, please, please, please don't be shy. It is the least intimidating thing ever. It's literally just a phone call, like a phone conversation basically uh, between you and I and I just record it. So it is so easy. Um, I have had, actually, I'll be super honest, almost all of my guests have said, I'm so nervous, I've never done this before, this is so intimidating, and about two minutes in, it's the most relaxed, easy thing. So please, please, please do not keep that from sharing your information. Um, I am such a huge like supporter and cheerleader of, let's let's help each other, like this egg teacher thing is hard. It is hard and there's way too much stuff that we need to know to be successful. And we will not know all of that until we are older and we probably won't even know everything at that point. So if you are an expert in a CDE um, and like call me up, let's share. Uh, my one thing is some people are like, well, I don't want everybody to know my CDE secrets. Like I, we do well at the horse CDE. We go to nationals every year. That's fine. I'm going to tell you what my husband tells me. So my husband, (laughs) he is a fisherman and 
whenever you pull up to the dock to dock, to get your boat out of the water, there's always someone that asks you, how's the fishing? You know, what can you tell us? Where are they biting? So my husband always tells me it's, you know, there's three pieces of the recipe and you only have to tell them one piece to be nice. So maybe you're not going to give them the location, but maybe you'll say, yeah, they're biting on crawlers or they're biting on leeches. Okay. Or maybe you say the south end of the lake is really hot today, but you're not going to tell them what you're fishing with or how deep you're fishing or, you know, so there's a lot of different pieces to the puzzle and you don't have to give away all your secrets, but if you can share a few tips and tricks, excuse me, (laughs) tips and tricks, that's what I'm looking for. I don't need all your secrets. And frankly, I don't think it would be fair if you shared them all because you probably worked really hard to like come up with this special secret formula to get your kids to national convention. So, um, just share what you, the, the key pieces, like a few pieces, not the key pieces, but a few pieces, not all of them, so that some of us can, um, can learn from you. And the thing is too, like we're all learning. And so we're probably from your half an hour and 45 minute podcast, we're probably not going to get kids to nationals by that, or maybe not even state, but it might help our kids just do better in general. It might help us teach our classes better. Um, and so, yeah, that was like a really long rant, but I'm looking for people to be on my podcast. Um, and I would love some of my loyal listeners to, to be on and think how fun it would be to hear your own voice. (laughs) So I am getting close to my destination here. I hope you all have a great day. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Mrs. Wedger, um, or you can email me, um, egg with Miss Wedger at gmail.com. I hope you have a great day. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye everybody.